Welcome back. Bill Michaels show. Enjoying the day today. Started off talking to some NBA. Wemby goes number one. Bucks get a couple of second round draft choices, make a few moves. And just trying to get a little bit younger, trying to get a little bit better with ball distribution and such. And then we were kind of shifting over. We were talking some football, talking some Jordan Love, hot seats in the NFL. And uh, talking a little baseball. Brewers back at it tonight, taking on the Guardians. Cincinnati hosting Atlanta. Uh, you've got uh, the Cardinals and the Cubs over in London. Not a, No game today. That'll be played tomorrow. Um, so that uh, is also going on. You've got uh, Miami and uh, and Pittsburgh playing. Uh, Jason says, since we're talking about hot seats, what about John Horst? Um, boy, that's no. I don't think I think John Horst is as safe as safe gets. First of all, he engineered a championship, so you you can't uh, you can't just toss that aside. Um. I think John Horst is dealing with a similar but nowhere near the same, if that makes any kind of logical sense to you at all, situation with the Bucks as Gudikins was dealing with the Packers. Because you've got some viable players. You're up against the, the, the luxury tax. Uh, your superstar, he wants Chris Middleton around. That's his guy, you know. But 33 for Drew Holiday, 35 for Brooke Lopez, 31 for Chris Middleton. You know, Giannis is 28, going to be 29. Um, your your team is 30, pretty much average age when it comes to your starters, your main contributors, over the age of 30. And your team looked like it in numerous games this past year and in the postseason. Watching big leads get frittered away because they just simply couldn't keep up. Um, I, uh, I like what John Horst did in being aggressive trying to find youth. I like the fact that the kid, as we had from Derek from Albany, uh, the kid out of the Albany High School um, that was uh, from UConn. I, I I like that. I like you. You picked up a kid that knows how to play championship basketball. Has played under pressure, and he's a distributor, not a big shooter. And, you know, but then again, you know, it's funny because we were talking about this the other day. Jimmy Butler, when he came into the league, Jimmy Butler was good with Marquette. He wasn't great. He wasn't the guy that he is today. Dwayne Wade was not the guy that he was when he finally really kind of matured with Miami. Um, Dwayne Wade spent a lot of time in the gym working on his jump shot. He always played above the rim. That was always a given. But he spent a lot of time developing his jump shot. Jimmy Butler has spent a lot of time developing his jump shot. And I, I, I'll be honest with you, I think part of it is Spolster is a great coach, but also you've got Spolster being the coach that he is with the brain trust and Pat Riley behind him. I, I just I think there's a lot of basketball IQ and ability there in Miami that gets the most out of their players. Tyler Hero, another guy shooting the lights out. 
you know, goes there and has a lot of success. Um, you know, I, I, I really believe had Hero been able to come back and be more functional and Jimmy Butler not gotten hurt in the, uh, in the Knicks series, might have ended up being a different deal with, with Denver. I just I could never I, – I believe Denver was the better team. But there was just something about the tenacity with which Miami played and the coaching matchups that Spolster made. So I just I, – I hope that there's a developmental stage for some of these young guys in Milwaukee that, you, you know, you get into the league, you really start, you know, cranking it out. You know, shot after shot after shot after shot. You, you end up getting uh, – maybe Giannis's work ethic rubs off on you a little bit to be a gym rat, and, you know, who knows? You're not – you you don't need a – I mean, they do. You need a good outside shooter and a scorer, but what you need is somebody that can handle the basketball, distribute the basketball, and also at times give you a good jump shot while the rest of the guys you're depending on begin to hit, you know? Um they haven't, you know, Drew Holiday, it wasn't this past year, it was pretty much the year before, was was he was your scorer. He was your big bucket guy. I really thought, and, and man, was I proven wrong, but then again, I think, it, you know, he's going to get another opportunity to kind of prove it before it's all said and done unless he get, there's a trade in the works. But I really thought Jay Crowder coming to Milwaukee was going to be the linchpin. I really did. I thought he was going to give you board tenacity, I thought he was going to give you the outside jumper better than what P.J. Tucker gave you. I thought he was going to be able to really kind of supplement minutes between himself, Bobby Portis, you know, um, even Drew Holiday to a certain extent at times. He could move around. Giannis can play different positions. And I really thought that if they needed to go smaller and tenacious boards-wise and defensively, they could. And it just that never materialized. Never. But I do hope that, that uh, you know, you, you grab a diamond in the rough. You're able to find that guy, you know. 877-867-1670, Um Give us a shout. You know, it, um, it, <laughs> Mark says, Bill, did you see the headline in today's sports page of the Journal Sentinel? Doesn't this go against everything you've been stating? Uh, I did. Todd Rosiak wrote a piece. And I meant to bring this up in the first hour, and I didn't, and I just kind of glossed over it until you just brought it up to me now, so thanks so much. Uh, Todd Rosiak wrote a piece called uh, How Christian Yelich Has Reestablished Himself, Defensively Speaking. Um, he said uh, they uh, Christian Yelich remembers exactly when he realized something needed to change for him defensively. He said, quote, they started taking me out of games in the ninth inning last year, and that really pissed me off, um, he said. Uh, I was tired of that. It's embarrassing as a major league player where you can't play defense. I knew I could be better and made it a point to show them that, to show myself that I could still be pretty good out there, that I had it in me. He wanted to show everybody that he had it in him. Following the Brewers' 5-1 loss on Wednesday to the Diamondbacks at American Family Field, Yelich had accounted for four outs above average to rank uh, in the 92nd percentile among all major leaguers, tied for 12th among all outfielders. And it tied for a second most in left field, according to Major League Baseball's baseball savant. His four runs prevented ranked 37th in the majors and tied for ninth among all outfielders. Yelich also accounted for four defensive runs saved, according to fan graphs, and hadn't committed an error in 570 innings compared to those figures from last season when Yelich accounted for minus 
five outs above average, ranking him 203rd in the majors and minus two defensive runs, setting the stage for those late-inning exits in games in which the Brewers were trying to protect slim leads. So um, I Christian Yelich, no doubt, has, has play, had a better season. No doubt. Where I still look at Christian Yelich and I, I raise an eyebrow is arm strength, which has gotten better, but we've still seen a couple of throws this year where you go, what the hell was that? Uh, between arm strength, he's got tremendous speed. So he can, he between him and Joey Weimer, my God, to get something into the gap is almost – impossible to do those two guys just cover the outfield like nobody's business but the arm strength still isn't you know look if you're taking up from a a mid-range throw in a base position in in left field if you got any kind of speed at all you're going to beat the throw he he doesn't have a cannon it's not like he went and worked on his arm strength to the point where he's throwing a 95 mile an hour 100 mile an hour fastball to home plate on one hop that he's one hopping shortstop so, um, he's been I, – I give Christian Yelich a lot of credit. He's having a much, much, much better season. You can't deny that. But when it comes to this outfield prowess, eh, I don't know if I'm uh, – I mean, the numbers don't lie, which, which is awesome. But overall, eh. You know, but he is having a better batting average. He is having a better season at the plate. He's got nine home runs. Um, still kind of sitting at nine, uh, batting 267. That OPS creeping up, it's just over 790. If he can get that thing up over 800, man, you're talking he's finally starting to earn that money. Compared to where a lot of these contracts are, Christian Yelich, he gets that batting average to about 270, 275, drives in, say, 80 runs this year, 85. Gives you maybe 20 home runs. Now, I, I still have the bet with Ben. I You know, it was 18 and a half, and I took the under. And he's at nine before the All-Star break. So, kudos to him. 262 at-bats. So, you know, he's he's above, he's above pace to break the 20 home run mark. So, kudos to him. But if he can give you 25 home runs plus, bat 275, get on base. His on-base percentage is sitting in a really good 360. You get that 10, 15 points higher, man, that's a really hell of, that, that's a hell of a year for him. The strikeouts have have slowed dramatically because early this year, I think he had like 10 walks to 40-something strikeouts. Since then, he's got 35 walks to 70 strikeouts. So it's more equi. So Christian Yellen just picked it up. I give him, give him a ton of credit. ton of credit. He's still, you know, again – then it's it's kind of like the uh, the uh, the AJ Hawk knock, you know. AJ Hawk was an incredibly solid player for the Green Bay Packers for many years, but he was a fifth overall draft choice, and you wanted him to be a lot better. You wanted him to be a dominator, a dictator, a a run stuffer, a you know he was just a terror via the passing game. You wanted him to be Urlacher, and he never materialized to that. But that was okay. He was still a really good, serviceable middle linebacker. But from for the draft perspective, that was a little disappointing. Same thing with Christian Yelich. This year he's having a solid year. But for $30 million, bucks, $29 million, bucks, it's a subpar performance, specifically to where he was when the, he he's the one, his performance, set the bar. So 
I'm happy with what he's given the Brewers right now. I really am. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. But, yes, thank you for bringing that up because I did want to make a note of that, and I, I didn't get a chance to talk about it right away, so I apologize. But, yes, uh, really good piece written by Todd Rosiak uh, talking about how Christian Yelich just flat-out took it personal. Flat-out took it personal that he was being pulled out of games late in ball games because he was not he was not a good defensive player, for lack of a better term. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there at Lux Golf Bays. Lux Golf Bays. Now, Franklin, Wisconsin, like tonight, they have music. The umbrella bar is open. You can go there, get a couple of cocktails, sit outside, listen to some music, watch some of the games going on down on the baseball fields. You got the Franklin uh, down in the Milkmen uh, play at Franklin Field in the sports complex down there. You can take your uh, group or maybe just by yourself over to Lux Golf Bays. They've got a, uh, a, a new uh, liquor slash coffee bar. They've got a new pizza and restaurant, uh, Italian restaurant in that in that uh, whole plaza now. So many things going on at the Rock Complex down in Franklin. And Lux Golf Bays, that's one of those gems down there. Go to Lux, L-U-X-E, LuxGolfBays.com. That is LuxGolfBays.com. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome to Palo Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. May I take your order? I'd like nine windows, please. Of course. All our products are custom made just for you. I'm hoping they'll match my home. Of course they can. Have it your way. Excuse me? We're talking about windows, right? Yes, we customize any decor. Our design options are virtually limitless. Even more customized than your coffee. So, you're like my personal barista for windows and doors. Exactly. And you couldn't have picked a better time because if you customize your order by August 31st, you can bundle and save big. Good deal. That was easy. Thank you. Drive through. Pella's premium wood windows and patio doors feature distinguished craftsmanship and nearly endless possibilities. Bundle and save when you customize your order by August 31st at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Visit PellaWI.com. Bill Michaels show continuing on. We were talking earlier about uh, Travis Kelsey and uh, the rivalry that's really kind of become interesting in the uh, in the AFC has been uh, Kansas City and uh, Cincinnati. Now I know normally you got to have a rivalry within the division, but these two teams have met uh, now in the regular season and in the postseason. And uh, Cincinnati has uh, been able to kind of get over more often than not on Kansas City, but Kansas City ultimately has gone on to win championships. Uh, Travis Kelsey saying that he understands Jamar Chase, because Jamar Chase, no, you got to listen, wants to kind of stick up for his guy. But dissing Patrick Mahomes, not the way to do it. So uh, he, uh, Travis Kelsey said Jamar Chase better – Backup is bold to talk. The Kansas City Chiefs tight end weighed in on Cincinnati's star wide receiver who said, quote, Pat who? 
this week on his New Heights podcast, and the co-host was with his brother, uh, the Philadelphia Eagle Center, Jason Kelsey. So you've got uh, Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey, both talking on the podcast, responding to Jamar Chase's comments. So uh, Kelsey said, it is what it is, dog. Who doesn't love some good locker room banter, man? Uh, shout out to Jamar Chase for holding it down for his quarterback, but don't ever disrespect Pat Mahomes. If you want to talk your blank, talk your blank, pimp. You just better be ready to back it up. And the back and forth now between the AFC rivals, uh, it all started after quarterback Joe Burrow said this month that Mahomes was the best quarterback in the NFL and that there's no argument to make until somebody knocks him off. Chase understandably has Burroughs back and said, no, he's the, you know, Joe Burrow's the top of the list. Chase made his comments by saying, Pat who? Which might have been made kind of tongue-in-cheek, but it's been taken way out of context ever since, and now you've got a real rivalry going between, at least a war of words, between Cincinnati and Kansas City. Um, Travis Kelsey said, I thought it was a little bit bold, uh, Pat's a two-time league MVP, two-time Super Bowl MVP. To say Pat who is like, man, I don't even know. He said that's just disrespectful. So there you go. There you go. Now they're they're the world war. I you know what the AFC. I I mean I know we love all the banter here. You know regarding the the NFC and top teams in the NFC and such. But I I got to tell you, man, the AFC. This year specifically, you've got um, Jackson in, uh, in Baltimore, Burrow in Cincinnati, whatever headline or whatever he can do to Sean Watson in Cleveland. You got Rodgers, Tua, Josh Allen. You've got, um, you know, you've got pretty good teams uh, throughout the rest of, of the, uh, the AFC. I mean, just – you know, I no, not Mac Jones. <laughs> Jason says, "What about Mac Jones?" No, not Mac Jones. Uh, but you still have uh, Trevor Lawrence, who really kind of had a, a season under Doug Peterson last year. He played really well. And Trevor Lawrence, you got to remember, his first year was an Urban Meyer and that craptastic mess. You know, then you've got which I don't have much belief in. But you've now got, uh, like I mentioned in Jacksonville, you got uh, Trevor Lawrence, but you've got um, uh, Herbert out in uh, the Chargers. Um, you've got still Patrick Mahomes, his king in Kansas City. Still Russell Wilson. Is he going to have a bounce back year in, uh, in Denver? I mean, and then now you add Garoppolo. You've got a bunch of quarterback faces, a bunch of teams that could all be good. And the AFC is just now Garoppolo's kind of the bottom of the barrel of that whole group. It, you know, you could even put him down there, say, in the in the same, you know, area with uh, with Ryan Tannehill. I guess might be the best, you know, kind of comparison. You could be a really good game manager, and maybe your team will play pretty well. But um, you got a lot of a lot of depth in the AFC when it comes to quarterback play. And then I had mentioned Lamar Jackson, but don't forget. Lamar Jackson, they first of all, the Zay Flowers, who they picked up in the first round of the draft to give him somebody else to throw to. They already have Rashad Bateman, right? And then they have Odell Beckham Jr. now. So he went from being a guy that was kind of 
upset that he didn't have more weapons and he had to run so much and he was getting banged up to now he's got a bunch of weapons and he's got J.K. Dobbins back healthy. So, you know, it's kind of like he's got everything just kind of sitting. They got Mark Andrews. I think Mark Andrews is a really solid tight end. They got Mark Andrews, the tight end position. Um, I, There's no reason that they can't be battling for the top spot in, in the AFC. And Cincinnati, it, there's no, they're no lock in that AFC in that AFC North. Since the big thing for Cincinnati in the AFC North is their offensive line has just sucked, and they've been riddled with injuries. You know, so they they've if their offensive line isn't any better, that defense is good. They're not great, but they did spend quite a few draft picks uh, getting Miles Murphy. I think in the first round they picked up a G, DJ Turner in the second. They went Jordan Battle in the third, uh, Jordan Battle, the, the safety. So they put a lot of resources and assets into that defense to try to make that defense better. But that AFC North between Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Baltimore is really, really interesting. And then the AFC East with Buffalo, Miami, and New York. And you, you can't really take New England out of it because New England just steals those wins, you know? I still think the AFC West, for as strong as it was supposed to be last year with Herbert and then uh, Russell Wilson – and Derek Carr and Patrick Mahomes, it's still – I mean, Kansas City just proved they're just the cream of the crop. They're the best of the best. So I don't take anything away from them. But, man, the AFC is just completely loaded. The NFC, well, you get you you got some good quarterbacks, right? You know, obviously, uh, you know, you've got Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia who had an incredible season last year, earned his money, came back, surprised a lot of people. After that, you got Dak Prescott. In Dallas. After that, who's the best quarterbacks in the NFC? Geno Smith? Matthew Stafford? You'd probably have to go Kirk Cousins, right? Jared Goff? That's, I mean, you don't have a lot of star power anymore in the NFC. I'll tell you that. That's why the NFC is just so incredibly wide open. If the Packers can just get anything out of Jordan Love. And some of the new guys perform better than what, you know, you might have hoped. And the injuries don't bite Christian Watson, don't bite Romeo Dobbs, don't bite Samari Torre, don't bite Musgrave. Who knows? Maybe this team can actually do something because the NFC seems to be so incredibly weak. 877-867-1670. Would love to hear from you again. 877-867-1670. Uh, Jason says uh, Dak is the, is garbage, but McCarthy's going to be the fall guy, right? Yeah, the uh, I have a feeling that Mike McCarthy's looking for a job at the end of the year. He'll be the fall guy. I agree with you, but D- it, Dak Dak was one of the worst quarterbacks last year in the league, statistically speaking, for the amount of games that he played, the amount of picks that he threw. And the amount of off-target passes he had. He was one of the worst quarterbacks in the National Football League last year. And you're right, McCarthy will be the fall guy because McCarthy is supposed to be this McCarthy quarterback camp, right? He's supposed to make quarterbacks, not break them. And Dak, I've never, ever, ever, I'm on record saying it, never thought Dak was good. I thought he was I thought he was average to above average, but he was never going to win you a championship unless you had a dominant defense and back when Zeke Elliott was the man, I thought, okay, when uh, they they picked up Zach over on the uh, um, uh, def- uh, offensive line, they solidified the offensive line, and 
Zach Prescott was running wild, I thought, okay, you've got a legitimate shot here. You know, remember they didn't pick up Johnny Manziel. Instead, they went for Zach Martin, the big uh, the big right guard. They picked up Zach Martin. They already had uh, Tyron Smith uh, anchoring over on the left side at the left tackle position. They had Tyler Smith, uh, who they picked up last year at the left guard position. They got their offensive line a little bit better. And I thought, all you got to do is just protect Dak and be able to run the football. And they just never – Dak never never materialized, man. And so Mike McCarthy – Brian Schottenheimer is his offensive coordinator, but Mike McCarthy's going back to calling plays this year. Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn should have taken a lot of heat. He was supposed to be the, the, the guy that was waiting in the wings. He was going to be the guy that was going to take over for Mike McCarthy because Mike McCarthy was going to watch the Dallas Cowboys go down the tubes and blah, blah, blah. And instead, Dan Quinn's defense played like crap. For all the accolades that Dan Quinn received earlier in the year, his defense down the stretch played badly. And Dak Prescott played badly. Now, McCarthy got a little bit of a reprieve because Jerry likes to eat brisket with him. But I still think that uh, you're right. Uh, Dak Prescott's not going to do much. You're not going to win in the postseason consistently with him. And Mike McCarthy's going to end up being the fall guy. That I that 100% agree. Because Jerry, I do think, though, this past year, Jerry Jones finally, finally saw the uh, the Dak Prescott non-light finally went oh okay this is the reason people come down so hard on Dak ah okay I got it now because Dak's just not that good Dak's not that good 877-867-1670 would love to hear from you if you got something to say say at this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at epoxy flooring done right and they did the the gym here at the house the epoxy fluid did it at the Dockhound Stadium. I know he's done numerous car showrooms. He's done industrial. So if you've got a big, uh, you know, loading dock or a plant or something like that that you're moving around constantly in, epoxy floor coating, polyurea floor, clo- floor coating, they can do it all. Go to epoxyflooringdoneright.com. Sean and the game can, gang can get you done. 262-443-2852. 262-443-2852. That's epoxy flooring. Done right. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show on this Friday edition. Just enjoying the day. Ran outside real quick and just uh, kind of soaked up some of the some of the warmth that's out there. I, I'll tell you this. Uh, can't wait. I don't know why, but today is one of those days where you just can't wait for beer 30. You know? Holy mackerel. Just looking forward to it. Big time. Uh, by the way, just going through some of the, uh, the notes from the draft last night. Um, when... Uh, Colby Jones, uh, who was ranked number 33, the player on the big board, uh, went to the Hornets uh, coming out. They thought uh, that was a really solid pick. Uh, the uh, uh, Julian Phillips, uh, solid pick. They give it a B 
when you talk about uh, Julian Phillips coming out of Tennessee and going to the Celtics. However, those two picks were good, but the pick that was an A, and the only reason I bring it up is because we're looking at uh, picks 35, 36, 38, which was a B, Jordan Walsh, uh, the the, uh, forward out of uh, Arkansas. But then you get to a guy like uh, Tyson Hunter, which was pick number 37. But pick number 36, Andre Jackson Jr. It's an A. CBS Sports and a couple of the other publications give it an A. Orlando traded the number 36 pick to Milwaukee, which selected Andre Jackson Jr. out of UConn in this slot. And boy, am I a fan of this pick. Jackson Jr. shooting is undeniably a work in progress. But, and I had mentioned that earlier, I said, look, there's quite a few guys that have gone into the league that just need to get around guys that are in the league to learn how to shoot to get it hopefully he gets it it's a work in progress but uh he is an even he, he's an electric pl- athletic guy as they say who can make big plays and add some defense which is what the bucks lacked so much specifically down the stretch and a younger body to do it he's uh but they call him a connective piece for a title contender in milwaukee and they give that pick and that trade from orlando to milwaukee and A. Then you get down to Chris Livingston uh, out of UK. Uh, they give him a C. Not a huge fan. Uh, thought another season in college would do him well. But I like the idea here for Milwaukee in taking a swing man and a former five-star recruit in the hopes of investing in him and hoping he becomes a useful piece. The last pick of the draft is always a, draft, a dart throw, as they say, and the Bucks could have done worse. So they, they like the pick, but they don't think he's much of a player, that he's more of a, a huge work in progress. But they give the uh, the trade an A. So reviews still coming in. Reviews still coming in, and good reviews for what the Bucks have done. Now you just hope it transfers into wins at this point. Hope it hope it transfers into wins. Um, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Sixteen seventy. Uh, this is from uh, Tricky. Tricky says, I believe LeBron came in with the most hype in the league ever. Wemby's only been around for about a month or two, and people have started to notice him. But I think LeBron is probably the most all-around player. He doesn't hold Michael's jock because Michael had a bigger heart and more tenacity. Uh, LeBron will always be second best to Michael Jordan, whatever Wemby en- ends up. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see if his health holds out long enough through the rigors of the NBA to be a supportive big man. Um, okay. I won't deny that. Yeah, I mean, because Michael Jordan didn't come into the league with a giant amount of fanfare. He came off of a, a very, very good North Carolina team. But at the time, I mean, when you looked at some of the guys he played with, uh, and Worthy and company, I mean, he wasn't even considered the best guy on the team at the time. He was considered one of two or three. And then Jordan just came in and just lit it up after that. He just he just took over. But, uh, but LeBron, coming out of high school, had a ton of hype. We all knew it. Uh, and I, I mean, we saw him more, obviously, in Ohio uh, because of where he was from. But the world knew who LeBron was. Uh, Wemby has become, Wembyanma has become a phenom, uh, a very fast comet, burning white hot. Uh, remember Zion Williamson came in with a ton of fanfare. 
there was just Zion was the best thing ever. He was power. He was size. He was speed. He was he he had a little bit of a jump shot, but he was he was just tenacious on the inside. He was a beast. He came with a lot of fanfare. It's you know that's the only thing with the four letter network is they they're the what have you the flavor of the day, which is the greatest thing ever. How many times have you you know? Uh, and and I, this drives me nuts, but you'll see this terrific game. That was the greatest play in history. No, it wasn't. It's just, it, no, it wasn't. Just stop. You know, there's, it, there, there's, there's so many terrific plays and players and moments that it, the way I look at a play is it stands the test of time. In 10 years, we're going to be talking about it, you know? Willis Reed coming back onto the court, we're always going to be talking about. The last shot against Utah, Michael, whether it was or wasn't a shove, hitting that buzzer beater to win the championship, we're always going to be talking about it. Finally, beating Cleveland to get themselves into a post, to to get themselves, and beating the Nasty Boys in Detroit to get themselves a championship. That we're always going to be talking about, you know? Kirk Gibson's home run. In the World Series, Gibby could barely walk to the plate. Knee was ailing. He's doing the fist pump, rounding the bases. I can't believe what I just saw. That will stand the test of time. You know, stuff like that. That that that, that becomes some of the greatest plays ever. You and you can go through them. You know, you can lit. You can go through that list. Hank Aaron, his home run in Atlanta. You know, seven fourteen. He's rounding the bases. Two guys, it freaks everybody out. Two guys come running out of the stands just to congratulate him and say, way to go. We'll never forget that, you know? So there's a lot of things that are the best, you know. Um, God, I'm just trying to think. You go back uh, to the Yankees winning, what was it, 113 or 112 games in the mid-'90s with that Joe Torrey team, captain, getting that ball, tossing it sideways to home plate only to record the out, an amazing play, you know. Um, Carlton Fisk's home run, game six, Red Sox against Cincinnati, waving it fair, that type of thing. Those plays, those moments will always stand the test of time. Willie Mays, over-the-shoulder catch as he's running towards the wall in the World Series, Chuck, 100% agree. 100% 100% agree. All that stuff stands the test of time. This whole thing about that was the greatest game, that was the greatest play, it's, it's like stop. You know, We're always going to remember the Des Bryant catch that wasn't a catch, right? We're always going to remember that too. You know, another one, Antonio Freeman over Dishman. Ball stays in the air. Freeman grabs it, runs in for a touchdown. Considered the greatest touchdown catch in history. When they went through uh, the uh, the Monday night games uh, some years back, Al Michaels, greatest thing he'd ever seen. Um, oh, by the way, Brandon, uh, he said, today's my birthday. Happy birthday, man. He said, loves the show. My question is, what do you think about the Bucks draft pick last night? I like it. Do you believe he can become an all-star in the future? Uh, I certainly, I certainly hope. I certainly hope. Um, it, you, you need the, uh, as we had just read, he needs to be better from the outside. 
But I'll say this, if his defense is really, really good and he can distribute the basketball, go from four and a half, five, up to maybe seven or eight assists a game, you'll take that. Uh, Rob Dog says, sadly, we're never going to forget the double doink. <laughs> right? There's some bad plays that we've seen. You know, no doubt. No doubt. 877-867-1670. Give us a shout. Edmonds dive over the head catch. Yes. Megatron spiking the ball. The catch that wasn't. Bartman. Yes. Skinny from Madison. Bartman screwing the Cubs. You know what? And I, the, uh, the, the whole Bartman thing, Alou going nuts. Had Alou not gone nuts, that never would have happened. Alou made way too big a deal out of that. Way too big a deal out of that. Because all you had to do was get, a, get an out after that, and they just couldn't. And it just I, to this day, it's like Bartman takes the heat, but he shouldn't. Alou should take the heat. He way overreacted to that. Yeah, it would have been an out, but he should have went, hey, nice catch. Nice catch. He should have jumped up, jumped up and high-fived him, you know? And then everybody would have loved it. It would have been a great moment. They go on, they get an out, they're all good. I just think he made such a big deal out of that, out of that Bartman mishap, that it rattled everybody. Standing there and screaming and yelling like an idiot. I I firmly believe Alou is the one that cost him, and nobody talks about it. Nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to talk about it. Then you look at, you know, big moments in, in sports that have stood the test of time. We know what – we know the chase between Sosa and McGuire were one of the greatest spectacles we'd ever seen. It, it brought us back to baseball in 1998. After losing the, the World Series in 94 – the strike, everything that went on, baseball was just flailing. And then and then it all started to come back. Then you had Sammy Sosa. Then you had Mark McGuire. That home run chase, the camaraderie between the two, all of that was spectacular. And then at the very end of it, an interview done in front of Mark McGuire's locker, somebody looked up and said, what's that? Because the regular every day-to-day reporter, everybody knew. Everybody knew the guys were juicing. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. Until a, a reporter from the outside looked up and went, what's that? And he kind of shoved it away, and it was Andrestine. And everybody knew, okay, he's juicing. And then you went and looked and said, is it against the rules? No. Is it against the unwritten rules? Yeah. And then the world went crazy. Then Balco happened, the invasion into the Balco labs, and then all the names that started to pop up, Barry Bond, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, hell, even Roger Clemens, you know, all, all of that started to happen. And then we had the trickle-down effect, and then we had Palmero sitting on Capitol Hill, waving his finger, wagging his finger at Congress. Remember, Tom Daschle, the senator, was heading up that, that committee, and and then Bud Selig and Donald Fear being called and, and both being humiliated, but 
Bud Seeley had no other recourse. He was like, look, I can't get drug testing into baseball. We need it. We want it. We know what's going on. There's nothing we can do about it. These guys are doing it, even though the prescriptions may be illegal or what they're doing and getting it is illegal. There's no rule in baseball that says we can't, you can't do it because we, they will not allow us to test via the union. So Bud had absolutely no choice. You had to go to Capitol Hill. You had to kind of wink, wink, nod, nod, and give it to Tom Daschle and say, look, in this fairness committee for consumer, you, you got to bring us up. You, you bring us here because we're never going to get it in. We're never going to get it in. So they did. So they brought him there, and they humiliated Donald Fear. He had no recourse but to acquiesce and say, okay, we'll put drug testing in. And that was when things all began. That's when things all began. Oh, there was so much. So much good stuff. So many things that have stood the test of time. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step out, take a quick break. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome to Palo Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. May I take your order? I'd like nine windows, please. Of course. All our products are custom made just for you. I'm hoping they'll match my home. Of course they can. Have it your way. Excuse me? We're talking about windows, right? Yes. We customize any decor. Our design options are virtually limitless. Even more customized than your coffee. So you're like my personal barista for windows and doors. Exactly. And you couldn't have picked a better time because if you customize your order by August 31st, you can bundle and save big. Good deal. That was easy. Thank you. Drive through. Pella's premium wood windows and patio doors feature distinguished craftsmanship and nearly endless possibilities. Bundle and save when you customize your order by August 31st at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Visit PellaWI.com. Weekend, I bet you over at the uh, the lake, they've got the uh, the lakefront festival going on at uh, in Pewaukee, and uh, right there on Prospect Avenue, just off to the other end, is the Sunset Grill in Pewaukee, and I'm sure the boats, the boat docks, everything's going to be loaded up for the after party. So if you're going to find a place to go, whether it's Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill to watch maybe the Brewers game or just kick back, relax, and enjoy yourself on the outside deck at the Sunset Grill, Pewaukee Lake. Big weekend going on over there. Both places, fantastic, fantastic. And uh, the pictures, if you follow Sunset Grill on uh, Facebook and over on Instagram, pictures of that place, they've really done a terrific job in fixing that up and making it just a a lakefront destination. So kudos to them. If you're going to be heading out uh, this weekend, maybe that's one of the good places to go. Um, 877-867-1670, Uh, Thomas says, Hey, can you give out the lacrosse loggers a shout out? Absolutely. Absolutely. Loggers playing tonight. Um, you've got Northwoods league baseball all over the state of Wisconsin. We, we don't do, we used to do, uh, we had a sponsored like Northwood league, Northwoods league update. We used to do that. We don't do that anymore. We should. Uh, Kyle said Donald Fear did more damage to the sport of baseball than anything. He did. 
In my, I mean, my opinion was he did. He he was well. You know what though? Look, he's getting paid a lot of money to protect his constituency. That's what the heads of unions do. And he just did it to the point where it was the arguments he was making publicly were were embarrassing because he just you, you couldn't defend it anymore. You know. You, you, the rest of the world was starting to take notice of illegal drugs and substances and performance-enhancing drugs, and he was like, no, nope, we're not even going to test for it. Our guys aren't going to do it. We're not going to test for it. Uh, the argument was that both pitchers and players were doing it, so there was, an, there was an equal capability there. So why test for it? Who cares? And it was like, no, no, no. You, you know, you can't do this. The only thing that uh, came out of the Balco. Uh, now, there was the, um, you know, the guys like Bonds and Sosa, McGuire, who got big. They were just using roids. They, you know, they got big. But there were other guys that were using just to stay healthy. You look at a guy, who was it? Uh, Andy Pettit was a guy he was like look i'm just trying to be healthy for my team i'm getting paid a lot of money and he just tried to come back for the yankees and and just pitch well because he he was getting banged up regarding just soft tissue injuries so he took it to eventually get healthy and some guys wanted to be able to use the peds for that that was kind of ryan Braun's claim too was he just trying to stay healthy 877-867-1670 we got another hour yet to go One more on the docket for the week. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this.